Hi, my name is Isabella and I'm the Intern Whisperer. And this week's tip of the week is you want to collaborate, don't isolate. And what that means is you want to encourage collaboration between employees to reinforce the idea that you are all on a team. A culture of collaboration highlights the freedom for individuals and teams to practice active communication and knowledge sharing. This helps to break down departmental silos and creates an openness to share ideas and learnings. You want to know a fun fact? Not really that fun, but 86% of employees and executives cite a lack of collaboration or ineffective communication as part of the workplace failure. So collaborate, don't isolate. So welcome to the Intern Whisperer. I am so happy to have you on the show, Joe. And just so our listeners know, this is Joe Dalton. He's world renowned. He's out of, tell us your country. Ireland, Dublin. There you go. And so don't mistake it for Scotland, please. You know, we don't want to do anything like that. That would, I I don't know. Is there wars between the two countries still? No, not at all. No, no. But people sometimes ask us, you know, how's it getting on with your prime minister? Mm -hmm. Wrong wrong country. And we're asked, do you you drive on the opposite side of the road? So do you? uh, Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah, that's what using a Mac is like for me. I use a PC. Everything's on the right side of the screen, right? Like, you know, all of my things. When I go and use a Mac, it's on the left side. I go, it's like driving on the opposite side of the road in any country. And everyone drives stick. Mm, I can do that. My dad, he made sure all of us kids, we all knew how to drive on a stick. Made the biggest thing. It helps if you need to get a, a quick getaway. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it does. And so many people don't know how to do it. Yeah, yeah. practice, practice, like everything in life, it is practice. But mm-hmm. as I say, you know, I am honored. I am delighted. And I am excited to be on your show. So thank you very much oh. for reaching out to me. I am thrilled too. we had so much in common, you know, when I was like looking at you, looking you up and I went, Oh, you've done a TEDx talk. And I went, okay, I'm on the TEDx leadership team. It's something I want to do. You're also a consultant. You also do podcasts. I went, and when we, you know, talked like last month, I think it was, uh, maybe it was two months ago. I'm not sure. But whenever it was, I went, well, we both love things about servant leadership, spirituality. You know, we're just like vibing fighting on it yes i think it is and not only podcast but i'm also the chairman of dublin south fm radio so when all our shows go out on the airwaves as well so that's the beauty of it we're not just podcasts Ah. we're radio station there and it's live radio right i mean it's is it pre-recorded also some no we some of the shows we do live some of them do pro um you know pre pre-record but yeah no we're we're banging out you know 24 7 and believe it or not you know we have our biggest audience is ireland america and then england when we tune from the airwaves into into uh digital um and some of our shows have reached the top 10 mm-hmm. in america and wow. my show breakthrough brand crossing the Rubicon has won awards and for best talk radio awards as well. So 
Oh, I'm going to put a pin on that one. I'm going to take us back just a minute. So five words. We always start the show this way. Five words that describe you and why those five words. So you can go in any order, but remember, I've got them and I can prompt you. I was thinking witty there in a minute, you know, the Irish shanty song and thinking someone that is. But I think the ones that really resonate with myself, there's a couple around it, but resonate is family. Family is very important to me. Spirituality also is something that I believe is internal and that which resonates with me. Trust as well, being ethical, being honest moral values all these resonate with me and the reason why values are so important because they make up who we are and i don't think a lot of people really know what their own internal values are they might think what a value is of their business but if you sit down and analyze your values and they will slightly change as you go along but i think having them is a great compass to move forward in your own life I agree. Yeah, people, I've seen more progressive companies put their, you know, corporate values on the page. And I agree with you totally. Uh, people do that in the business world. Not everybody, maybe a third of them do that. But people I've, don't think about it. No, like I've stood up in companies and I've read out mission statements. And I says, who said this? And nobody knows. And I said, you have. And they go, what? I says, yeah. So, you know, the mission statement is about the energy, what's vibrant about the people, which is a community within an organization. And I think that's the thing. It's really sort of homing in what your values are, because when you have your values, you have that ripple effect. And if you walk out every day and understanding what your values are, you come very proud, you come very confident mm -hmm. and you become you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You said one of your other values was courage. I like that one. And it wasn't anything that you brought up when we were originally talking um, just a few seconds ago. So why courage? I, I think that's such an important part of a, being a human. Well, yeah, courage. The, the reason for courage is that you know, when we talked about spirituality there as well as one of them that, you know, a lot of people believe true spirituality is love, hugs and kisses, but it's not. It's about, you know, courage and it's about standing in your own two shoes and taking that full individual responsibility for your own life. And courage is the thing that really makes us authentic. It's the one thing that makes us stand out from everyone else and kind of go, you know what? I have to be truthful. I have to have courage to step forward and believe in what I believe in, but also have that moral compass to say, I do no harm to no one and I cause no harm to anyone's property, but have courage to protect you and your family unit as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Many times courage comes in different packages. Um, I was looking through a lot of your podcasts and the one that was about mental illness. I know you've had several guests in that area. I went, you know, that takes a lot of courage to come and say, okay, so I'm either autistic or I struggle with depression or I've had, you know, issues even with maybe suicide. These are hard things for people to, to share. And that takes so much courage to put that out there and just, it helps break, I think, the uh, stigma for sure and, you know, get other people to say, hey, I've struggled with that too. It's interesting you say that 
And the reason, because let's look at the digital world that we're on. You, me, are yeah. analog. And the world we live in is analog. And mm -hmm. everything is conducted digitally. And on the digital world, everyone is wonderful and brilliant and having an awesome life. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, but behind that, everybody struggles. And, you know, if you have a story to tell, tell it because that one story may change someone's life. It may save someone's life. Like I've, you know, we've done shows on many a topic over this last since 2017. And I get emails or I get messages from people saying, thank you. That show has changed. Or that person that you had on has changed my thoughts and has given me the strength to do something that I never thought. So I think we all have to be aware of words have power mm -hmm. and our stories have great influence. And if we do, you know, if we do it from the heart and do it compassionately, you know, we, we're all right. We're, we're stepping forward in, into the light, if that makes sense. Yeah, it absolutely does. I, I agree. People are made for relationship with one another. And part of that is that connection. And when you strip off whatever the mask is that, and there's usually layers, of masks that people wear, then you'll, Oh, get to real truth. Here, here's something that I've been bouncing around in my head at the moment, and it's yeah. about the the buzzword that we talk about, and the buzzword is you know it's imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. and you know there's different different imposter syndromes, and I did a test on imposter syndrome, and it came up: you're the imposter, you like working on your own, you like doing this, and I was looking and says. I'm not an imposter. I'm very self-aware of who I am. And that's after taking me a journey that I needed to go on. And all the things that this test has told me that I'm an imposter, I'm not. I'm me. And I'm quite happy and comfortable in my own two shoes. I like my own solitude. I like helping people. And I like, you know, doing things the way I do. So sometimes when we think of the imposter, mm -hmm. you're not really an imposter. You're just sort of vibrating of who you are and vibrating at your own level. And mm -hmm. not everything is an imposter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. People uh, like we've heard this term people pleaser. And that term, you know, it's more of like being a chameleon and you adapt to whatever that person is that's around you and you want to make them happy. Uh, people could call that an imposter syndrome. Not really. It's just part of, you know, who we are. I, I feel like there's just like we were talking before we got on the air, how history repeats itself. We always are repeating ourselves. We just give it a new term, give it a new yeah phrase that we're going to call it like there's quiet quitting. I went, what, what is that? That's just ridiculous. Cause I'm going, that just means you're off the clock. Did they officially quit? Like, why are we calling it that? I have an issue with that term. Yeah. I've, it, it, you know, we use different languages and different ways of elevating our own opinions. And I think people just need to sit back and listen. You know, I've always learned over the years, um, that it's a case of listen to what's being said and what's not being told. Mm 
the and subtext behind the yeah. words, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've learned to listen to that, especially when we have politicians talking, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. about what, what's been said. And let's look at page 56 of the document. Oh, look at that. My God, they never mentioned that for us. But yeah, <laughs> I, I think that we do need to sort of understand about who we are as a person, because I think that's the biggest journey in business life, whatever it is, the biggest struggle that anybody has is figuring out who they are. And once you figure out who you are, you can actually then you can achieve anything within your realms of possibility. And I say realms of possibility because I know I'm never going to be an astronaut, you know, mm. but I but I know that I'm capable of doing other things. And then you have purpose. You know, I think we have different levels of, of purpose. When you mm -hmm. reach something, you've com completed that purpose and then you need to go and reach the next one and you also then need to do i think i don't think people celebrate their mm -hmm. wins that i think people need to actually when you do something celebrate it you know when you hit that goal celebrate it because by celebrating that as we spoke before is gratitude you know and celebrating your wins and if you celebrate your own wins give yourself a pat on the back you're moving forward then as well Manor. yeah so how'd you get started in your career? What was your first job? How'd you end up here? And let's throw that TEDx talk in there also, please. My, where did I? Wow. I've had multiple of them. You could call me a serial entrepreneur. Um, yeah. And I've had multiple, I've worked in, you know, multiple organizations. I've worked in multiple industries. I've traveled the world i've spoken different locations i've i've done a lot i'm 52 i know i look great for 52 you yes, do thank you but i i've had an amazing life and people says i should write a book on it you know so where did it all start i think when i was about 13 i was selling baked potatoes for my sister at a show my sister was a great entrepreneur great woman um you know, in the seventies, she was forward thinking, like just to give you the, she, my sister would have brought Apple to Ireland and built the factories in Apple. And she knew Steve jobs quite well. Wow. Well. And she would have worked with a lot of big uh, Western digital. She brought Western digital to Ireland and a lot of pharmaceuticals as well. So an amazing entrepreneur. So I remember I was, she had a, a company selling fat food and we were doing a presentation. So I set up a little baked potatoes and I was selling this and I went, oh my God, I love this. I love communicating with people and I'm getting money for it. I just, at 13, this was great. So I sort of knew that I had a gift where I could use language and communication. And then from there, you know, went through school, then left school and got into uh, computer programming. And as I was in computer programming, you know, the summer job that we all get, and we know summer jobs, um, I got into uh, being a bus conductor. So if no one knows what a bus conductor is, it's a man who's on a bus that walks around collecting fares from people. Mm. So I was then, and I was probably one of the last bus conductors in Ireland as well. So I was meeting all these people. Question. Is, is a bus conductor the same as a train conductor? Because on a bus, it's short. So I'm going, I don't know. 
is it? Yeah, I yeah. Don't... So Airbuses would be double deckers. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so you would have people. So I would be collecting the money off people, right? Gotcha. So they could travel. And I was meeting people from poor areas. I was meeting people from affluent areas. I was meeting young, old storytellers, all this. So, and this was really creating my curiosity of how people are and how they act. It was great. So from there, I knew that it was communication. And then, you know, I was, I was also working and I got into, um, doing the computer programming and I remember a lecturer went oh, this is great anyone who remembers MS-DOS you know they there that's black and white screens black and green screen and the lecturer said to me look isn't this great if you type all this in you get this and I was going oh okay so he was working on it and I said so if I type all this in sit at this desk and type all this in I'll get something and he said yes and I went no no <laughs> no I can't do this I will go insane and to be out so I made a decision and I left oh. and yes and I left and I decided to pursue myself as an entrepreneur mm. and I got into and I realized that at the age of 13, I was to sell. And in selling, I realized that I enjoyed selling or working with people. So I got into a business and I was 18 at the time, 19. I got my first company car. And then from there, I left Ireland and went abroad to Germany and I worked as an agent in a company. And then I set up my own agency. And in that agency then, I worked there for 10 years and each the agency we were was probably making a turnover 3.2 million a year on it and wow I and I lived in we called it the billionaires boys club fast cars you know I partying you know workaholic um in Nevada remember being when we were over in the states in Nevada in a nightclub and buying everybody a drink because I could, you know, mm. the drinks are on me. And, you know, that was the ego and all the stuff that when you're 20 and you're parting your, 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 um, your ass off, as one would say. And then in my thirties, I sort of got a bit more grounded, left that business and then came back to Ireland. And I remember walking around one day and, looking to see what one would do um i took a year off and i got a call from someone says would i like to go back to the state so i set up an office then in um san diego and i got then on aircraft carriers and i traveled the world on aircraft carriers providing the military with uh, vehicles so the armed forces um and i got to see the world there and um, a lot of people you know would only dream like i was watching top gun Tom Cruise the other day and the, the, you know, the people, the planes taking off and the aircraft carriers. I says, I used to be on them, you know, traveling the world and it was a great experience. And again, that was part of the life. And then from there, I was, when I was back in Dublin, I uh, was walking around looking for a gym and I couldn't find a gym. So I found a, a premises and I opened up a gym. So I created a premises, opened up a gym, got PT in, 
worked on that uh, for about four years, uh, had Kung Fu kids, martial arts, had the gym as well, and woke up one morning and um, we got that into just, we got that into pharmaceutical. So we had a pharmaceutical big company and we were probably the early adopters of getting a gym in a pharmaceutical. And I woke up one morning and said, right, I'm done with it and sold it and sold it. And in the meantime of that, then I was getting involved in a company which was genetic performance and that was DNA testing for athletic ability and nutrition. And everybody says, you're mad. Why, who would want to know about their DNA? Who would want to know about anything? And uh, we pursued that. We had a, an office in Dublin and an office in Washington, D.C. And from Washington, D.C., then um, we got backing from the Irish government on that. We got that on Good Morning America. Um, and that was uh, one of the uh, one of our stories of, of business. But as it was in that business i was getting people to come in and help us with a b or c and they weren't really helping me and i was feeling i'm giving this money out but i'm not getting it and then i said you know what i've been mentoring people or helping people i was involved with the eu uh we the european union 2.0 i was involved with them helping the digital world bring the digital world into small businesses and i kind of went you know what I think it's time to help. I think it's time that I want to help people. I want to help coaches, consultants, small business owners who have great ideas, but can't really get that going. So I decided that in probably 2014, I decided that I was going to really focus in on coaching and consulting and helping businesses. And I have to say, out of all the years of all the businesses that I've worked in and all the companies that created, I absolutely adore it. I love not helping people, but I want to change people's lives. I mm. want people to, to live their dreams. And all you need to do is the systems and processes and behaviors that can actually help them do that. Mm -hmm. that's a long winded sure no that is super good so that ties into wealth acquisition what is that because that's what you're helping people to achieve and what we were talking about before we got on the air is you know most people are afraid of money they don't want to talk about it they'll talk about everything else well that and spirituality they don't like to talk about either one of those (laughs) the wealth acquisition was created because I, one of the benefits of being the chairman of a radio station and getting to interview people from all over the world. So if you think I've been doing interviewing people every week since 2017. Okay. Wow. How many episodes is that? Do you know? Oh God, it's a couple of hundred anyway. There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot on it. Some of them have been deleted in the beginning. Really? Like, and my journey started there i'll tell you what happened i was called in to do an interview like this in the radio station and they said oh my god you're really knowledgeable and you have a lovely radio voice would you mind would you do your own show and i went oh yeah i can do my own show definitely the time came i had created breakthrough brands which was a tv show so we created that but we were trying to get that the video or to show but it wasn't happening so oh my god radio why not 
on the day that I was to do the show, I was in the mirror in the man, the men's bathroom. I was sweating under the arms. My heart was racing and I gripped the toilet or the sink and I looked in the mirror and I muttered words to myself. What the F, I was a bit stronger, have you got yourself into? And I looked and I had visions of me climbing out the bathroom window and running off into the sunset. <laughs> right? But I created I that fear and I conquered it, slayed the dragon. And I went in and I did the show everything sort of evolved from there mm -hmm. and in the interviews that i spoke to people about success and business and i'm an avid reader I read about 20 odd books a year and i'm curious you know and in that i actually realized that there is systems and processes that people have that make them successful so in doing that and in in all the the books and all the education and all the knowledge i believe that there was a wealth acquisition formula that need to be addressed and in that i nailed it down to six points six points mm -hmm. one is identify and do you want me to go through them with you yeah okay. yeah please okay. okay so the first thing is with business owners they need to identify their core value what their indispensable qualities are what makes them authentic their mm -hmm. intellectual property their self-worth their purpose estimate you know establishing what they can bring to the market and how their offer or their knowledge will change people's lives and then jumping into what I call create and create is supporting and challenging that help you creating a killer offer, bringing all your knowledge, asking your audience what they want and mashing that together. And with your wisdom and knowledge, creating something that will inspire and change people's lives. Then when they have that, they go to packaging. And packaging is your professional brand, your clear message, your pricing, industry language and principles, tangible and intangible ideas that you can bring to market. And then promoting is communication, influence, your real benefits of what you can bring, profit, the activities that you do to make people know that you are the expert in your industry. And then it's selling. That's learning techniques, learning sales process, presentations that help your clients make the decision to buy. And when you have all them spinning, it's then going to upscaling. That's developing that system that will help you upscale and grow your business. Now, the reason why I picked the six of them, <coughs> excuse me, is because I looked at like Tony Robbins. I looked at mm -hmm. Brenda Burchard. I looked at Marshall Goldsmith, Alan Wise. I looked at all these people, you know, and there's multiple more. And I noticed in some form or another, they all had these. <clears throat> and you have to have them all lit up 
for a business to work. And what was I noticed that most people were going out and they were creating a business, building a website and trying to sell it. Mm -hmm. And then they were going, what am I doing? Because what it is, is people are really good at what they have. They have the clients, right? But they need to build that bridge between both. And that's the step. And the one thing, which is the wealth acquisition, real point of view, it's not about riches, which is money. It's about wealth. And the wealth also comes within. And it's the self-confidence that you can have yourself to be the person that you want to be. Mm-hmm. And all everything out of all my life, I have realized that once you click that spark inside and have that confidence, you can achieve whatever you need to achieve. I agree with everything that you said, honestly. Um, you know, now I come from teaching background. It's similar because coaching, facilitating, um, teaching, they're all interwoven together for sure. Because yeah. you can see things as the outsider that the other person doesn't see. Yeah, like I've been asked to go and coach and consult and give lectures in colleges. Um, I've, you know, government bodies in have asked me to go and speak to, you know, hundreds of entrepreneurs and business owners to help them with their business. Trinity College asked me to come in and help their young companies to uh, develop their business if they wanted to go for funding and everything as well. And one of the companies that I coached in Trinity won the award and won the money as well. So, mm. yeah, so it's um, very rewarding, right? You, you very, very celebrate yeah. with them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. Uh, it's 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 great. And I'm also part of a mentoring program where there is young people um, in an area uh, that would like to have a mentor and I'm part of that program as well where I help people um young people <laughs> mentoring and I'm also part of the global ambassadors as well goodwill ambassadors as well and mm-hmm. that's a global organization that helps people in privileged areas to um to be more successful mm. toward world countries or whatever as well yeah. I think that you know we often focus as just different generations we focus on obviously we want to share lessons with those that are coming after us right and they're always you know open to hearing that there's so much to be said though between like you know peer entering because honestly you know we're both in the same same generation we're both you know podcasters we're both consultants and you can teach me things as easily as you know myself i i know that i can teach other people things that are in the same generation. And I, I don't know why there's more of a focus on younger. I guess it's just because that, you know, we're spanning all of those different levels of generations to make sure the stories get told. I think that there's a deeper reason than just teaching, honestly. Yeah. It's like, if you look at the, you know, let's, you look at generations of past when, it was the family unit and in that family unit there was other family and the grandparents and everybody was in that unit and the way society has dragged us now they shoot you over to one part of the states or me to germany and the family is unit is being broken up but before travel 
you know, people would stay in the unit. So, you know, young people would have children and the grandparents would raise them, give them Mm -hmm. the knowledge and everything as well. And, you know, what's happening with, with life is we still want to sort of engage and give those young people the wisdom. When I was, I was on a call beforehand, I was saying to someone, you know, when I was 30, I thought I was a man. Yeah. And, you know, when my brother-in-law said to me, you're still a boy and you have a lot to learn. And I went, looking back now, he was dead right. Yeah. And when I was 40, I had ha-ha moments. I went, oh, if I knew what I knew now when I was 30, life would have been great. And then when I was 50, I go, oh, my God, if I knew yeah. this. And I know when I'm 60, I'll have the same as well. I'll have the same. It's so funny because we don't, when we're really young, we don't really heed the advice that people tell us when you know they're older than us. We just go, yeah, 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 whatever. What is it? Youth is wasted on the young. Yes, it is. Yeah. That came, well, first time I heard that quote, I don't know where it originated, but first time I heard it came from uh, It's a Wonderful Life. And I went, I love that movie. It's always a good reminder of like, be grateful, you know, live, live where you are right now. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely live, live in who we are and what we're about. But that's, isn't life. Like we talk about spirituality. Do you know, you know, there's two things that I, I talk about in one of my, in, in my talks and, you know, going back to asking about the TEDx, you know, the TEDx talk really was six minutes and yeah. that I had to get a lot of information into six minutes, not a it's half hard. an hour. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. And it was the most scariest thing that I did because I had to get place words in certain areas for the story. And that was really telling people that, you know, all the stuff that's outside, that's external, that affects you, doesn't matter, really mm-hmm. doesn't matter. It's what's internal and it's yes. how you process your thoughts it matters. That's all. So if you can learn to teach this muscle that's in our head, you know, to not worry about the external stuff and only focus on the internal stuff, you're doing okay. Yeah. We can either think of a negative thought or a positive thought. We can't think of both together. And the negative thought will try and push the positive thought out. And you have to learn to get that negative thought and just park it to the side, take it out of your body and sort of look at it. And, you know, I say there's we have three bodies. We have physical mental and emotion yes you know and it's like people say i'm exhausted and you say well are you exhausted physically mentally or emotionally so we have three bodies you know and when you have that negative thought take it out understand that you're removing it from your physical removing it from your mind and removing it from your emotional and if you speak out loud and talk to it go look worry you have no power to me. All you are is just a thought in a bubble, a sphere sitting up here. Mm-hmm. You're not part of me. And if you talk to that, you'll realize that it's not part of you. And yeah. then that simple process kicks in where you can place it with a positive thought. And that positive thought, and the more that we do that and practice it, and it's not easy because we have been bombarded for centuries with garbage. Mm-hmm. consciously and subconsciously and we as we get aware 
our more conscious it's we like we have a toothpick and we're picking away not a shovel or a hammer we're picking away at it to make ourselves better and i think that's what it is i think as we evolve we need to sort of understand what's inside our heads and if you look at the great motivators and look at the great anyone that's great or you know the jim Rohn or you know people like like uh, who else would it be um Got my guard, can't think, think of a name, but these people, they've all gone through a process that they know that everything internal matters for you to be external on the outside. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you and I are so on the same page with so many things. Um, what is the best life lesson that you've learned from one of your kids? It can be, you know, at any age. Zen to zero. Oh, okay. Expand, explain. We try on a daily basis to be living in a Zen life. So this is the practice and our children can at a young age, drop us from Zen to zero with pushing those buttons, screaming and shouting, Mm -hmm. roaring, doing everything possible to knock us from Zen to zero. And most people, can jump from zen to zero, which is zero being a negative. And what my children have taught me is to catch myself from going from zen to zero and understanding that that path and stopping it and slowing it down so you can then go back to zen. Mm, That's good. That's really good. Um, So we're going to take a brief moment to acknowledge our sponsor, and we are going to be right back. The Intern Whisperer is brought to you by Cat5 Studios, who help you create games and videos for your training and marketing needs that are out of this world. Visit Cat5 Studios for more information to learn how Cat5 Studios can help your business. Thank you, Cat5 Studios. And we're back to the second half of our show. We haven't even finished the first part of the questions. This has been so rich, so extremely rich. I'm loving the conversation. So I want to ask a few other questions from our first part. Um, What has been the biggest impact in your life or who in your life has had the biggest impact on your life and how? How did it make it better or most valuable life lesson from that person? Again, I'll go back to my sister, uh, um, who who's no longer with us. She died of cancer there just before COVID. And what I loved about my sister and do love about her, she was a woman in a man's world. And she taught me that when I got into business, I couldn't understand why women were getting paid less than men. I didn't think for me men and women are equal and she taught me that you know no matter who you are or what you are if you offer value and put in your own goals and push forward you can be highly successful and she was a person in business who was had to be tough so she had to wear men's suits in business and fly around the world but behind that you know in life she was the most wonderful pleasant person Mm -hmm. and i learned from her the biggest 
gift, the biggest decision, the biggest lesson that I learned from her was make a decision. And most people in life and most people in business get stuck because they don't make decisions. And the one thing that she always said, make a decision. By making that decision, you mm -hmm. move forward. Decision might be a wrong decision, but you then can correct it. But at least you're moving forward. Mm -hmm. And if you don't make any decision, you need to, you'll be stuck and you'll stay exactly where you are. Mm -hmm. I agree with that because making no decision, it's still a decision, but you're not going back to your courage word. You don't have the courage to make a decision because you're afraid of whatever you could make the wrong decision, make the wrong yeah. decision. It's okay. You can just like your sister said, you can go back and correct it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, she was, you know, inspired me, you know, and I, and I think about her often, but, you know, you look at then other people, you know, my wonderful, beautiful wife who has to put up with my craziness each and every day. And, you know, we are who we are and we love each other and mm -hmm. we we know we have our own quirky ways and our own faults but we manage we realize because we both work at from home that we must love each other because of two and a half years of COVID lockdown we're still together you mm -hmm. know? <laughs> you know? and it goes back to the loving a person is a choice every day if you made that promise that you're going to stay together that's a choice we all know that we could still walk out. We always can. But the choice to stay and the choice to accept the person the way they are, just like what you said with the quirkiness. And But who doesn't quirky? We're all quirky. As, as she says, who else would have me? You know, if she says uh, it to me long enough, I start to believe her. No, <laughs> but, but, it, but it's a case of, I've, I've, I think in relationships, I think yeah. most people go into a relationship and they say to the other person, you've changed, you've changed. Yeah. I don't think the person has changed. It's just they've gone back to who they are. Yeah, you know? I agree. I agree. Yeah. And, and they don't seek to um, find the beauty in the person that they've chosen. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And everybody has beauty and everybody has ugliness. You have to choose to stay on that side of the beauty of the person. Yeah, and I think it, it's doing it's everything for the right reason and not the wrong reason, especially at the very beginning of it. You know, and like with with my children, you know, with my adult children and younger children, I try and teach them every day to be the person they are and respect themselves and understand that they don't need to protect to live their life depending on someone else that mm -hmm. is their own choices mm -hmm. you know and the great questions and i think we spoke about this in the in the past was you know yeah. i am enough yeah i am safe i am home mm -hmm. so, yeah so what movie or book do you think forebodes what the future 2030 could potentially look like well book you know i don't think a lot of people it's not even put in the in our schools education anymore 
is Animal Farm. I know the book. I had to read it. Yeah. 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 Um, I You'll have to explain to our listeners what Animal, Animal Farm is about, though. Well, Animal Farm is, is a book about, uh, you know, animals being disgruntled on a farm and they mm -hmm. take out the farmer. And then there is suddenly a hierarchy within the farm and the pigs take control and they believe that everybody is equal. Mm -hmm. And basically then that the pigs move into the house and they get everybody else to work, but they're all equal. And it, it's giving you a visualization of what communism could be like or is mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. And it's how it all at the end, I won't destroy it on the book, and anything, but how it all ends up. And I think that a world that we live in at the moment, there is a lot of controls and there's a lot of people um who are using certain fears of how the world is perceived not to help but to put more control on people that's what i would feel and the only thing that the what's happening with the world is people i fear people will give up freedom for comfort and mm. happily walk off the side of a cliff for belief systems that could be wrong. Yeah. And just so our listeners know, um, Animal Farm was written by George Orwell. He was a futurist also. Mm -hmm. um, very. Yeah, that was a great book. It was um, a great book. Yeah. It still is a great book. <laughs> it still is. It's not past tense. It still is. No, yeah. it's a, and it's yeah. relevant to our 2022 uh, world for sure. Uh, so the future, was that the second part of your question, the future? What yeah. does the future look like? Yeah, what do you think the future 2030 is going to look like? You can pick jobs, industries, anything, the world in general. I think as we're going down a, a, a road, you know, there's two, there's two paths. I think there's going to be a path of system where people are happy for a system to be their nurturer and to control and keep them safe mm -hmm. and i also believe there's going to be a sovereign path where people believe that they're sovereign and the only thing that is above them is god and everything else below them is a system and process and there's a choice that humanity is going to have to make at those crossroads you know we look at the world is as i said earlier you know, you and me are analog and all the trees and everything is analog, but we're going down a world which is digital. Digital is, in my opinion, is great, but it's not normal. And we seem to be depending on this one thing for survival. And any good business owner knows you don't keep all your eggs into one basket. Yeah. And even going into the digital currency that's trying to be forced upon us, I asked a question, if you went out and asked every person in the street, do you want digital currency? They'd go, no, but it seems to be something that is a forced on us that people need to sort of say, no, look, you can have both if you want, which we have, mm -hmm. but we need to actually then just be able to have it in such a way that life has to be kept simple in some way. On it. Mm -hmm. So other, the world is changing as well. Definitely education system is changing. Mm 
Mm-hmm. I think the people need will need to be more intuitive and understand what's being told or taught to their children. I think that's important instead of just allowing a system to take place. And the other thing with the job scene, the job scene, I think, is evolving as well. And that's something that worries me in such a way that where is the job scene going to go in the next decade and what will jobs look like, especially with AI and you know robotic technology taking over a lot of the manual work. But where's where's the rest? Where's it where's it all going to end? That's the one thing that I wonder on as well. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this? Uh, it's on Netflix, uh, Black Mirror. It's been out for five seasons, but they do these little vignette stories of like the future of technology, AI, VI, VR, and whatnot. Um, I've only seen three, and there's at least, I don't know, 25 episodes. Um, it's very futuristic. Have you seen it by chance? I'm curious. I think I like yourself. I watched three episodes with the one with the eye. Uh, no, I actually, yeah. I got put into season five. So I didn't start five. with season one. And I watched the three and I just, it wasn't, wasn't resonating with me. wasn't hitting with me because we don't have TV here. We have Netflix, mm-hmm. um, but we don't really have TV. And why? Because I'm sort of, think there's better things okay kids don't have tablets that they don't have screens and our kids so i wanted to keep our children intuitively going unplugged so intuitively i want them to be curious i wanted them to know to have all the qualities about asking those questions asked you know really getting involved in their creativity um lateral thinking and I, by doing that, and we had to make those sacrifices as well. Mm-hmm. I've seen them grow and play and create stuff instead of stuck on a screen. So, you know, Bill Gates and Zuckerberg would tell you they wouldn't have their children on tablets because they know. And that was a decision that I decided as well that we would. It's addictive. Yeah. 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 Not only addictive, but I think it also creates something in their mind, which is numbing, you know? Yeah. Um, And my daughter, you know, my 10-year-old flies through books, reads books like going out of fashion, can't Mm -hmm. keep enough books for her. And if we had, I know if she had a tablet, she wouldn't be doing that. Mm -hmm. TikTok. Oh gosh, TikTok's so bad. Yeah. yeah. I, I I will go and I'll spend five minutes on it. It used to be on Instagram, right? And I don't post personally on any of those. I only focus on LinkedIn, Twitter. But on Instagram, this little um, after you've been on it for five minutes, it says it's been five minutes. Do you want to leave? Um, there's a choice, you know, you can make whether you're gonna stay or not. TikTok does not to give you that choice. It just keeps playing. Yeah, no, don't, don't have it. Refuse to have it. Yeah. Refuse to have it. Yeah. I get more, like even with Instagram, 
I can jump on Instagram. You go, oh my God, where's that last 20 minutes gone? What have I learned? Nothing, nothing. Yes. So I, so I, yeah, I'd rather be creative in some way on it. So what do you think the next pandemic is going to be? I don't think it's going to be COVID. Like we're, we've already did that, done it. It's over. You know, it's, it's not over, but you know, there's going to be something and we need to be paying attention in this digital world for sure. Technology. I think the next pandemic is what is planned for us. Um, I think it's, we have to be very careful and vigilant of the world that we live in. Um, so we're all worried about the world and we're all worried about sustainability and everything is sustainability at the moment and i think sustainability is being used to us to control more so than protect um and if you really got into you know again what's being said and what's not being told you know if you look at the cost of creating solar and all these other batteries you know, the huge energy cost that goes into them and the lifespan of all these as well isn't really sustainable either. We're only mm -hmm. led to believe, you know, mm -hmm. and it's again, two rules. One is for the masses to do one thing and then there's a different small minority that will offer a different solution just for themselves. So I think as a pandemic, I think we need to be whatever it may be, we need to look at it objectively and understand that is it being done for support or help or is it being done for control? So control. The, the, if you look at history, history keeps repeating itself and, you know, there's a, a big war, so you'll have a war and that war then after the war, a country or the world actually goes into um, recession and then depression. And then after that, it comes out of it and someone else then takes over and it thrives. So where were we with, you know, the pandemic? For me, COVID was like a war, you know, the world shut down like World War Two. Nobody mm -hmm. was making money. You know, everybody was in a state of shock, like a world war and governments were paying people to stay at home as well. Mm -hmm. And that in itself is going to then we're going to come out of that. And we know that prices have gone up. We know that, you know, inflation, which it always does after a major unsettlement in the world. But what will happen is we will hopefully go into a negative and come out of it very quickly as well and a whole new era will start and people then will start to be successful and build their businesses up and everything as well so the next thing is always about distraction you know, mm -hmm. everything is a distraction everything you switch on your tv it's distraction you know you I remember when there was the Californian fires going on last year and there was friends of mine in California going, oh, the fire is terrible, the fire is terrible. And I says, who's setting them on fire? And they looked at me and going, well, we never thought of that because they just thought it was global warming setting them on fire. But, but you could have some maniac going out lighting one or two fires or something. You know, uh -huh. you look at these things objectively and ask questions. 
always ask questions. We don't have to agree, but we should be able to ask questions and get the answers on it. Yeah, and you want to fact check. So when I teach or even when anybody's working with me, I said, don't don't assume everything that I'm saying is is fact or gospel. That you should always go and double check because first off, I value that. You know, you're gonna make sure that, oh, well, here's the latest update. So I'm not saying something incorrectly anymore. I could remember something yeah. incorrect. So you should check. We're allowed to get it wrong and understand facts, data, and figures, you know. So you have to sort of look at them all and understand what's the modeling of what's behind it. Because right. there's people, you know, I've learned in business that the higher the people go within an organization, the harder it is for them to let go of control. Mm -hmm. And only when you come very self-aware, you need to ask those questions. Mm -hmm. What am I doing for the greater good instead of myself? And you have egotistic you have you know psychopathic tendencies you know it's about i want to keep on to control and i think that people need to just be vigilant be vigilant mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely well it's so hard to believe we've come to the end of the show and we haven't even we will do this again joe i promise you this is like good combo for sure and i'm not usually a person that likes to shorten full words so yeah. What is the best mentoring advice that you would like to share with our listeners? It can be your mentoring advice or something that somebody's told you, but what is it? Spend wisely. Now, when you start an organization and you jump out of that and you want to build it, you know, don't run after all the bells and whistles and you know, spend spend wisely mm -hmm. because you know when you run out of money the game is over spend wisely also applies to not just money time relationships mm -hmm. right good point yeah, yeah. your own health <laughs> you yeah. can't get some of these things back like time and health <laughs> money uh, yeah. can come and go but time yeah. and health no and be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. You're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. Be kind to yourself. Yeah. Those are good things. Treat yourself, tell yourself the same wisdom that you would, you pass on to others. Be sure to say it to yourself. Right. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. So how can our listeners find you? I've got your website, your joedalton.ie website. Um, I've got your LinkedIn profile, but is there anything else that you'd like our listeners to find you on? No, that's, you know, they catch me on the website or they, you know, happily connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, though I have, I'm on Facebook as well, but mainly I, I hang around LinkedIn and, you know, and I, there's a couple of blogs and I'll try and write content and video and everything on, on the website and the two of them, but yeah. Well, and of course, I'm going to include your podcast, too, as a link. You always do these uh, postcards on the show at the end of the, the video show, so our listeners know what I'm talking about, where you can find the links of the person that was on the show. And we'll have your website, your podcast, and then also your LinkedIn yeah. profile. 
Yeah. I think that's a cast or something, which I, you'll find me somewhere. Oh, if, yeah. If it's, if, if it's meant to be. <laughs> yeah. When you Google your name, you come up for, I think it's like six or seven pages. So there's a lot out there on you. That's good, good. though. That is good, good because yes, that's, that's good. That is good. Keep, keep, keeping it active. Keeping it active on it. That's it. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I'm definitely going to bring you back. And just so you know, a little heads up. Uh, when we go into 2023, so hard to believe, um, we do the best, the top 30 shows. And for one week, we we put them out there. We tag you guys. You'll get a bunch of stuff so that you can obviously make the downloads happen. But whoever the top three are, they get to come back again in 2023. They get an award. We give out an award. And Lovely. there's a little press release that we put out. So these are the top three. Yeah. So anyway, I hope it's you. <laughs> hope it hope it's me too. Hope it's yeah. me as well. Yeah. But look, it was a pleasure. Um you're a great host. Thank you very Thank you. much. And um I've been I've enjoyed to being on the other the other part of this. My dog is eating my hand at the moment. Um, <laughs> I can I can hear him dancing. <laughs> those little nails are on the floor. <laughs> the uh but delighted it's nice to be on the on the receiving end so i'm honored and i'm very grateful for asking me onto your show as well thank you oh you're welcome we want to thank our sponsor cat five studios thank you to our production team ayana sanders and our video interns josue gonzalez dina burks lester eccles and geo vargas our music is by sophie lloyd if you would like to have your inclusion tip of the week shared on our show record your inclusion tip send it in an audio file to info at e the number four c dot tech and include your name job role and where you work we will email you an intern pursuit green screens for your next video conference call you can also visit employers the number four change at www.e4c.tech to learn how you can create real diversity and inclusion culture while scaling your people for the future of work. Thank you for supporting the Intern Whisper podcast by subscribing to our show on Podbean or your favorite podcast channels.